Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Hello, Guilty Feminists. You're in for a treat today. Thanks to our sponsors, PayPal, I got to meet the formidable Candice Brathwaite to talk about money and so much more. Now, I'm a feminist, but it's true. I'm not always on top of my finances the way I should be. I certainly err on the guilty side there. So it was a real revelation to talk about money in such a joyful and uplifting way with Candice. We chat about material things, yes, but also about our upbringings, our ideas on success, how to be better humans and give back to the people around us. It really cemented something for me, which is that life is just about moments and all money can do is help us make the most of them with other people. If all money conversations were as fulfilling and life-affirming as this one with Candice, I think we'd be better off. I'm so excited to share it with you. So, Candice, you are a woman of style, class. People, I think, if they saw you walking down the street, would describe you as chic, elegant. If you don't mind me saying that, costs money. <laughs> How do you feel about money? Do you love it? Do you hate it? Are you scared of it? Do you want more all of the time? Do you feel <laughs> awkward talking about it? Where is Candace and money? I uh, love it. I see it as like a positive flowing resource. The oh. Candice now, though. Mm. I would even say five years ago, very different conversation and relationship with money. Tell me more, tell me more. Like, <laughs> did she have a car? Who is Candice of five years ago? Why did she feel differently about uh, money? Because she was in a lot of debt. And, and to the point where, you know, I'm getting these debt letters and I'm stuffing them in a drawer mm. and I'm really not trying to even have a conversation about money because I don't have enough of it or that's mm. how I feel. So it's not, a, it's not something I would ever bring up because with debt or feeling like you don't have enough money comes shame, then you shut down. And you, I, I think I got an alert today from a, an app that was like, well done you, you've been looking at your credit score for four years. And I was like, yeah, well done me actually, because it took a, a lot to like really have a serious conversation, not just about where my finances were, but where I wanted them to go. And what the difference was between so that. So are you telling me you got a financial Fitbit? <laughs> Basically. You got a little, little app that's sort of saying, hey. Like, you, get it together. Look, look in the mirror here. <laughs> yeah. The debt spiraling yeah. and the only way to get out of it is to look at it. Yeah. My friend Felicity Ward, who does The Guilty Feminist, yeah. she said that once her therapist told her that avoidance mm. is the maintenance of any problem. When we avoid it, we're just maintaining it. Wow. And so if you don't know how much you're in debt or if you don't know how much you're going to earn from a job yeah. or if you don't know how much money you've got in the bank or yeah. what interest rates are at the moment, mm. you are maintaining a problem yeah. around money. 
Is it okay for me to ask you, how did you get from someone who was scared of money and shoving uh, debt notices in a drawer and looking away into somebody who now sees it as what you elegantly called a flowing resource? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, This is going to sound funny. Jim Carrey. (laughs) What? (laughs) Jim Carrey? Yeah, I I saw a video of Jim Carrey online saying that when he was really at his wits end financially, like living in his car, he wrote a check to himself for $10 million and he signed it from like the movie company he wanted to work with that was going to pay him that money and he put that check on in his wallet and yeah there's the I call it the woo-woo side of it and he was like then I actively went to of course every audition and just just made it happen but I saw that and I was like it's really funny when you've got nothing to lose you will do what other people say is crazy or silly I literally mm. didn't have the money to lose and I had an old checkbook that I couldn't use. I was like, I might just give this a try. I wrote out numerous checks and I listed the companies I would like to work with to pay me this money. Oh. I put them into my purse. And then as life went on, I was able to meet a certain management team that would align me with their companies. Things just started to happen. But I think that the most important thing was believing that I was worthy of living a life not controlled by money. Mm. That was like the most important thing. And me starting to understand, though, I can control you. I don't necessarily want to hide from the postman because that's where we were getting to. Mm. Or, you know, be hiding letters away or feel like I couldn't go out with a friend for dinner. I was like, there has to be a point in my life where I I own you, not the other way around. Mm. See, I thought you were going to say he wrote a check for $10 million from... Paramount Pictures and then just went to the bank and they accepted it and he was like problem sorted and that gave him the confidence then to invest in his own film. I thought it was going to be something like that, like just write checks to yourself. So I'm delighted that it was more of a psychological experiment but he thought, right, now I've visualised that and I've seen Mm. that, I, I can make it happen. And I think I always want to balance that with there is that woo woo side of it. Yes, I think we can, of course, positive manifestation in our lives allows us to act in a more positive way I always want to balance it out with yeah you've got to get real there are people around the world who it doesn't matter how many checks they write to themselves they're just not at that starting block Mm. if you are at a starting block Mm. where you've got certain amount of support system around you and opportunity ahead of you it can be the difference between spiraling into debt and going I'm going to take ownership of this. Yes. And it's like, it's it's a hard thing to do, but to really um, be honest with yourself first and foremost, maybe about how much debt you're in or what your financial goals are. And I find, especially with, and we know why this is, there's all the data, but women especially struggle with admitting mm-hmm. one, the other, or both. It's like they don't really want to like stand on a soapbox and say, this is how much they think they're worth. This is what they think they should be asking for um, when they're going to a job interview. And so it's not just like the, the sadder parts, the harder parts, like the debt. It's about understanding what you think you're worth and being able to say that. Um, and over the course of that time, that again started to balance things out because I found out actually in the earlier days of my career, I was on set with five women and a few years after I found out I got paid 300 quid and they got paid in excess of two grand. (gasps) Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And just no one talked or compared notes? No one spoke. 
Because I saw my friend the other day, Ellen Jones, who's a queer rights, mental health rights activist. She started posting, uh, she's autistic, and she started mm. posting and sharing what all of these different women who were neurodivergent were paying. Everyone was just saying, I'm being paid this to do this. I'm being paid yeah. to do this to do this. And it's like, once you do that, especially in a certain industry now, I, I readily accept DMs or emails from women who are in the same space mm. who are like, hey, I'm about to work with this brand. I've seen you've worked with them. Mm. What should I be? Especially women who yet don't have management or an agent and are literally mm. just trying to get through this field by themselves. I will always tell the truth because do you know what that does? It sets a precedence for women in our industry across the board. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It means that because what I was finding, especially in my earlier years in this career, brands would literally be like, oh no, we can go over there and get it two grand cheaper. Mm -hmm. They would literally come back and be like, why would you say that price when this person is? So once we're all open, it's like, you can't just go around the corner to another woman and get mm -hmm. five grand off. Mm -hmm. This is the price of the whole atmosphere. And so it's been really freeing and really empowering. And it's my kind of way to share. That's me giving back to a community of women is sharing that information. And in, in my opinion, those things are literally priceless, especially in a workspace where there is no set rate. There is no, you know, you can go online and see what a teacher in a certain postcode earns. In, in the media industry, it's very smoke and mirrors. Mm -hmm. And to know that there are a group of truthful women I can go to and say, hey, what's the going rate there? Mm -hmm. it's, it's very empowering. Can I ask you, did any of those checks come off? Every single one. It actually got to a point where I just started writing new ones for fun. Wow. And then those worked out. And then I found like a check app just to make it easier for myself. Wow. And literally it was like down to the very zero with say like a book deal or working with a brand. And it's become such a consistent thing in my life that I even done it for my new house. Wow. <laughs> so you, do you think you kind of had a, you had a vision and you went, that's what I'm going to do. And then you worked and then you, yeah. you because you would visualized it, yes. it, it was more likely for you to make it happen. Literally. And you have to, with anything, anyone who's interested in the woo-woo or visual, visualization, uh, you have to work with the energy. So when my husband and I decided we want to move house, um, he, he put in offers on lots of different houses. And I'm not going to lie to you. I was perhaps actively praying against his offers when <laughs> I went to bed at night. I was like, mm, yeah, not quite right, but I don't want to tell you that. I don't want to throw you off. And then right as we were going to decide on this one house, uh, a house that looked very much like the house on my vision board came back onto the market at 1 a.m. that night. <gasps> we were able to see it um, the next afternoon. Luckily, the, the woman who owned it was in there. We spoke to her for 45 minutes. Funnily enough, on the day of exchange, her buyer pulled out. Wow. So literally between Thursday and, and Monday, this house has come back onto the market. We took it off the market on Monday afternoon. And like, my husband is just very like, I'm, I'm so sick of you like outshining me in this area. But you need the two things because I don't want people to think, oh yeah, the no, you need logic. You need to understand that you need to work and perhaps put yourself in certain positions for something to come to mm -hmm. fruition. But there has never been a time that writing out a check or putting something that I visually have to look out every day hasn't helped me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, again, it, if you're, you've got to be in a certain position, you know, like there's people in the world who just, you know, it doesn't matter how many checks they write, they're not going to get a publishing deal because they're not in a, they're just, exactly. they're not in a supported yeah. situation. Yes. But if you are in a resourced world, 
there's no question that if you say, this is my determination, this is my intention, this is my goal, and you look at it every day and then you go out to make it manifest. Yeah, and that's what not being embarrassed to talk about money does. It breaks down those walls and over time it it allows people's experience, be it the customer experience or you purchasing thing or life in general to be better. Just like you, I was raised in a time and space where you never... Mm. ever spoke about money you just didn't do it I think the unique thing was for me was that I was raised by my maternal grandparents and my granddad was left blind in one eye from an accident so he mm. stayed at home to raise me and my nan went to work this is in the 80s mm. so seeing a woman leave the house at 5 a.m every morning and then on Friday nights she'd sit down on an old wooden ottoman and pull out her checkbook and just start, you know, with a calculator and she's looking over her glasses and seeing that, I didn't realize how powerful that was until I was in my late 20s because it, it was then like, no, women, women go and get this bacon. Whatever mm. this pig is, they actively go out to get it. And I've been- Sorry, vegans. <laughs> I've been surrounded by women who are go-getters and not only know how to get money, but know how to cut it up. And so that for me was the offset. It's like, right, we never really spoke about it, but I did see someone who looked like me going to get it. Mm -hmm. And that has been the game changer. My husband and I run a business together and he quit his job in the middle of the pandemic to essentially be a stay at home dad because I'm better at making money. Mm -hmm. That's interesting to me because I feel like I and listen my husband also has a business with me yeah but I feel like I, I am not alone many of my friends have become the main breadwinner in the household mm. and uh I think some of my friends are the only breadwinner in the household yeah and I recently talked to a friend and she did a big event it was like a corporate event mm. and she said could you it was for women mm. and she said could you stand up if you are now or have been in the last five years, the only or main breadwinner in your household or the bigger breadwinner. Mm. And it was something like 80% of the women in the room stood up and we don't talk about that. And it's Absolutely. because, and my husband's very cool with, you know, yeah. there's been certainly times in our marriage where he's earned more than me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he helped me go to university. So look, this is, you know, it's a, it's a push and pull mm. thing. But what I will say is he's very cool. And he's, uh, you know, even as I say that, what we're implying there is, isn't it great that my husband <laughs> is cool when I earn more than him? Yeah. And what what we t what they talked about at this corporate event, and since then I picked that button up and started talking about it, is why we don't talk about how many women are the main breadwinner mm. or the larger breadwinner in the family. And whenever I've talked to women about it, they've said because it's emasculating. So mm. my, my husband feels emasculated. So this is a story I'll tell you. This woman I sat next to at a dinner, she said to me, my husband and I both met doing, you know, corporate jobs and yeah. we we're both bringing home reasonable quantities of bacon. But then when I had the kids, he got fired in a recession, like made mm. redundant. And so he became the stay at home parent and she progressed in her work and got promoted. So it made sense then for him to be the stay at home parent. Mm. But she said he cannot at dinner parties, with his mates in the pub, he cannot say, I am a stay-at-home carer of my children. Wow. And so he was um, buying houses, doing them up and selling them so mm. he could say, I'm a property developer. Mm. But she said, the thing is, he's not very good at it. 
And so he keeps costing me money. Like he's spending all this money on doing a property up. Then he doesn't get the money back. So she said, I've, I'm just going to have to say to him. And she was confiding in me. She said, I have to sit down and say to him, your job cannot cost me money. She's like, if it breaks even, so if it pays for childcare while yeah. you're out doing it and it breaks even, mm. then fine. So this is what she was literally saying to her husband. Your job has to stop costing me because he couldn't take pride in only looking after his children. Now that's social conditioning yes. because women have been socially conditioned to say, I'm, I'm, I'm a parent yeah. and I run this household. Now, often now also women get like, oh, is that all, all you, you do? do? You know, and that's horrible as well mm. but certainly there's an extra pressure on men when it comes to that yeah. but the what's the flip side of that women cannot celebrate a bonus for example yes. if they make a big sale and they get a bonus and it's a really exciting moment for them yeah. that makes me sad mm. because a man can come home if his wife is the full-time carer yes. and be like you know Great news, honey. <laughs> we can take a family vacation this year because look at this check that I've brought home. Yeah. And everyone gets to celebrate. Mm. Whereas a woman has to hide it in yeah. the same drawer yeah. that we used to be hiding our, our debt bills. Do you, right? know, do you know why that makes me laugh? I remember in this industry getting what I would say my first bonus and I bought myself a watch I'd been looking at since I was a young child. I, I bought a vintage one and I hid it for like six months. I'd like think about where I was going and then I'd slip the watch into my bag and blah, blah, blah. and my husband ended up finding it and he was like, why would you do that? Mm. And I was like, I just felt so bad. Mm. Like, also I feel even worse because I know it's a watch you've had your eye on too, but I feel like I earned this and it was just so awkward. And what eased it for me, he was just like, never ever do that. Mm. Never. He was like, if we can't celebrate your financial wins, he was like, we're doomed because mm. they actually have to be seen as ours. Mm. And so I've just never done that again. But I do think, I hate to sound cheesy. I know that I've got like a special kind of breed, especially because he was born in West Africa and, and was raised traditionally Nigerian, which is very like, I am man, I go and hunt, I run the household. Um, you know, to the point that his dad one day looked at him like he had 10 heads when he went to change our son's nappy. He, mm. he was like, what are you doing? And, you know, and he had to explain to his dad, like, I'm just living a very different life. And this is the way I deal with my family and raise my children. But I understand it's such a heavy weight to bear mm -hmm. in situations where women are looking after the money in a household. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like the power structures do not serve anybody. Like I'm increasingly understand, I'm increasingly understanding the pressures on men and the, the, the fear of showing any vulnerability mm -hmm. is, is killing men. Like it's, yeah. it's screwing them up inside. And increasingly, I think my feminism has to address that yeah. because, you know, while some men mm. do bad things, many men are at the mercy of the system mm -hmm. in the way many women are and I hate the fact that you didn't feel like hey look I've, I've earned this <laughs> yeah that situation it just taught me a big lesson and now we're able to understand that uh my money is our money it just keeps our household up yeah I think that's glorious and I obviously we would much rather live in a world where it was a complete meritocracy mm. but while it isn't and posh white people are using nepotism all the time. <laughs> I mean, frankly, black women absolutely more than deserve 
reparations, reparations, reparations. Yeah. To have some of that back. Yeah. So until the glorious day when <laughs> those things are gone. Yeah. It's, you know, amazing. Yeah. Do you know what though? <laughs> I had a conversation. I, I think maybe I had it on a social media app the other day where I was like, I'm really starting to get into the groove of um, giving 70% effort for 100% pay. And I'm seeing that as some form of reparations. There mm. was this huge chunk of my life when I tried to get into the media career where between quitting my then day job and seeing my first check, it was four years. That is four years mm. of absolutely no money or four years of trying to work with um, the government or social systems, trying mm. to make that cash stretch. And so sometimes now as absurd as the checks can be I'm like actually darling do you remember those mm. four years and also though now you are here like I said you can take that really big check and send it to a friend who's mm. in need or you know provide for your children in a way that may mean that they never fear money the way you had at some point mm. in your life you know when I was a lone ranger approaching this industry as a black woman I'd get shut down and or laughed mm. at in order to speak the big bucks, privilege sees privilege. Mm. And where I really recognize this, um, as I said earlier, my daughter's in a fee-paying school. One day she comes home, she's like, mum, give us a pound. I need to take it to school to grow it. I, working class black woman from Brixton, hop on Google and I'm like, what plant is a pound? You're growing it. It has to be a plant. I can't find it. I have a discussion with her. She's like, not a, not, a, not a plant, the money. I need a pound, give us your money. I was like, you what? She was six years old. She said, yeah, in maths next week, we have to bring in a pound because our teacher's gonna teach us how to grow it. And then with what we grow, we can choose to buy things for the new playground. <laughs> like, what? And that is, that, that really showed me what I'm up against in the working world, not having that financial knowledge or not having uh, money explained to me in that way. Mm. I can literally now bring documents in front of my eight-year-old and be like, what's that APR going to do to mummy? She knows. Wow. I, I still can't get my head around that. And again, it's like how many, and this is, this is largely what it is, how many white people, specifically white men, have access to that information, mm. which means like money sees money. They're having a completely mm. different conversation. And so hopefully with a little bit of the woo-woo, a few more zeros and being able to keep her in a school like that, um, she'll come out the other end and hopefully have just as much knowledge and, and the understanding of money as, as a lot of her white peers already do. I'm so excited to hear you say this and, and yes, just yes to everything that you've mm. said. Okay, I'm going to ask you a big philosophical question. Strap in. <laughs> okay. What does success mean to you? Wow. Um, aside from making a shit ton of money, it is being able to say no, being able to govern oh. my day, mm. being able to say, look at a schedule and say, I do not like that. I do not want to be there. Please remove my name. That for me wow. is like, that is like boss bitch activated in my head. It took a really long time to get there, and, but it took even longer for me to register that I was there and to have confidence to admit that mm -hmm. and declare it. Mm -hmm. I think I was there before I, I was ready to say, I don't actually want to do that. Or, mm -hmm. you know, can we modify that? That to me, if my life continues to be that way till my dying day, that is the epitome 
of success. It's being able for my kids in 20 years to go, do you know who my mum is? Mm. <laughs> that's like, that's such a big thing for me. I, I would like my children to be able to use nepotism. I'm very for that. Mm. I'm like, I would like them to be able to walk in the room and be like, no, my mum's Candice Brathwaite. Check your clipboard again. <laughs> wow. I uh, feel very much like I have shifted what success means even in the last few months. I heard a successful man mm. on the radio saying that results are the metric of society. So if you're not going to get those results, if you're mm -hmm. not going to get the right outcome, you can't be successful. Yeah. And I, and I was so fascinated by it. And I just stopped and I just thought, well, okay, but I know what kind of results you're talking about mm. because of the nature of he, how he operates. And I was like, what you're saying is the outcome, i.e., the paycheck at the end of the day mm -hmm. or the award in your hand or the the job title or whatever it is, yeah. that's worth any cost. Yeah. And I'm like, but you could spend 10 years working all hours God sends mm -hmm. to get that big house. And that's what you want. Or mm -hmm. in London, that small flat. But let's... <laughs> <laughs> Let's not dwell on that. Uh, uh, but that, you know, you that's that's what you want. You want something fancy. You want that prestige. Mm. You want that status. And you're going to get that big house. But what are all the moments between now mm. and that end point going to look like for you and going to feel like for you? Because life is lived in moments. Yeah. We can't live in the future. We can't live in the past. Yeah. Is it still now? Yes, it's still now. Is it mm -hmm. still now? It's still now. Yeah. All we've got is this right now. Yeah. The more money I make is not changing the dial on my happiness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was the biggest wake up call. Mm -hmm. I was like, there are more zeros here. And yet I'm still having a bit of a weep in the morning. Mm. What the hell? This is not fitting in with this capitalist society mm -hmm. ideal that I've been sold. You've, the adverts have always told me I'm going to smile more when this number starts going up. Mm -hmm. No, what making more money has allowed me to do is to stop making money my main problem. Mm -hmm. So now my other issues and insecurities and fears have room to breathe. <laughs> it doesn't take them away. Mm -hmm. They're just like, oh, we can relax a bit because mm -hmm. now the gas meter's not in the minus. Mm -hmm. So hi, you know, are you having a struggle with this or that? That's what's happening. And now I understand that. I'm like, right, now the moments really matter mm -hmm. because slaving away, doing these 70 hour weeks or whatever these books are telling you to do, it's just not, it's not going to move the dial on your mm -hmm. happiness. And I don't want people to realize that too late. You know, I hate to be a bit of a downer. My dad, my dad died with his Blackberry in his hand. Mm. The doctors were like, we actually had to prize this device. Oh my God, prize it out of my cold dead hand, literally. Literally. Wow, that's terrifying. And I, it's so funny. I knew he was dead because it had taken him like two hours to respond to an email. And my first instinct was, it, of course, in a joking way, I was like, this guy's probably dead because what's going on here? Wow. That's how hard he worked. Mm. And it just wasn't worth it. Mm. It just, it, it, you know, it just, mm -hmm. it, as his only child, I can tell you it wasn't worth it. I have resigned myself to the fact, Candice, that I am going to die with a full inbox. Yeah. It's never going to go it's away. Never gonna and go I said away. this to a friend of mine and she said her partner passed away and she said, Oh, Deborah, the emails keep coming. <laughs> she, 
she said he's passed away and I still get emails going could he do such and such <laughs> and she said I'll write back and say I've got terrible news I'm so sorry he passed away and they'll go oh well could you do it then and she's like you know, nobody else is out there no thinking one. about you in that way. Yeah. They're just, if you if you say no, they'll find someone else. Like that. They'll find someone else. Yeah. And that ability to kind of go, okay, no. Mm. And I and I and it is true I that uh money does buy happiness to a certain level. Yeah. Like not being in debt. Yes. That does that does buy happiness. Mm-hmm. And then there's a certain amount, I think it's like something like I think in today's money, like seventy thousand yeah, pounds 70, a year, 000, yeah. where you can, you've got some, you can pay your bills. Mm-hmm. You're not in debt. You've got some disposable income, so you can, you know, yeah. ha- have a nice meal or a holiday or whatever. Beyond that, <laughs> it it doesn't do anything. And to a lot of people, will be listening to this and going, "Oh my god, I would dream of seventy thousand yeah. pounds a year." So I don't want to minimize that yes. some money does buy happiness, mm. but I think you get to a point with money where it becomes exponentially harder to be happy over a certain level yeah. because the most miserable people I've ever met are, so are rich. the richest people. They are so rich. And it, once <laughs> you get to a certain point, everything's got to be perfect. Yeah. Everything's got to be perfect. Yeah. What I'm just so grateful is that we're both being paid uh, a million pounds today. So that's <laughs> just, there's just no gap here. Um, I, that's a joke listeners. That's a joke. Lol. Um, I, yeah, I. How bougie are you, Candy? How <laughs> on a scale of one to super bougie? Super maximum bougie. Are you super max bougie? Yeah, but you I'm, go I'm, over the edge. Yeah, but I'm super max bougie on a discount. I love a little discount. Mm. I'm like, I'm always like. So here's my thing. I like to dress up. I like certain things. I just get really grossed out by the price certain, specifically brands, put on things. I'm like, that's an absolute lie. Let's think about the production process. Let's think about how you've got to mark this up. So I specifically go out of my way to wait for sales. It has to be very, very nice for me to pay full price Mm. for it. And I like sharing that version of bougie because I think so many people who want to wear particular clothing or live a certain lifestyle, it's always positioned and advertised as out of your reach. And that's the point. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest. That's to make you feel less than, to make you feel like you need to stay on this nine to five will to become that person. And I'm like, well, no, if you, if you just want to spend two hours on the train, you could get that today. (laughs) Yeah. I, I have a, a, a same thing. I say I'm very good at luxury on a budget This is it. and I just know what I like and you don't have to pay the top dollar for everything all of the time. You absolutely, I, saw, I, mean, I can't. This, I, you I mean, can't. I, I don't because I can't, <laughs> but it doesn't mean I can't get something wonderful that I love. And it might be not that it's so luxe. It might just mm. be that's really unique or individual or has something about it that's yeah. very cool or fun yeah. that speaks to me. Yeah, definitely. And for me, I think I, I gave this advice to someone the other day. I was like, always try to go for the top end experience be that if you're shopping, be that if you're going out for dinner or you're going to see your friends, you know, don't, don't, this is very backwards considering what I said about clothes, but don't always go for a discount if you know that going to say 70 or 80% of your budget is going to give you a better time. 
because it is about the now. Trust me, you would rather love, rem uh, love remembering the experience of having that really good dessert at that really fancy restaurant that you've been dreaming about. That's where I am. It's like, don't overdo it because we all have financial responsibilities. But in the moment, I'm always going to try and push it to, to like the top end of whatever I want or want to experience because life is about the moments. That's all that matters. Tell me, what is the best thing you've ever bought online? I'm actually wearing it. Uh? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> so this is a coin that the suffragettes damaged. So the suffragettes used to do things they called outrages. So mm -hmm. sometimes they did bigger things, but these were sort of mischief. It okay. was just like okay. rustling. It was, it was just kind of ruffling the feathers of the patriarchy. Okay. And one thing they used to do was damage money. So can you see there that sa that says votes for women? Yeah. And on the back it says WSPU, which stands for Women's Social Political Union. And then they'd put that back into circulation and because it was damaged, it was worthless. And they were trying to make the money worthless yeah. as a protest. Now, ironically, Candice, these coins are now very valuable, <laughs> proving that women cannot do maths. <laughs> I'm joking. But I loved this idea that a suffragette had actually damaged this and touched it. And that was the, the there was a power in that. Mm. And... So I decided I wanted to make it into a necklace. So I had a jeweler put an edge on it, uh, a wow. gold edge on it. And then I put it onto this chain. And this chain is patriarchal jewelry because this was a Victorian men's guard chain. So he would use that, wrap it around his body and use it to keep his pocket watch yeah. on his person so no one could steal it. And so I feel he would not like that a woman had this now and she bought it with her own money that she'd made doing feminism. Thank you very much. And I've bought this back for the suffragettes. That. And that I wear that all the time because it makes me feel like I've got the power yeah. of what women fought for in the past because before women fought for that, there was no legislation for us. Jeez, Louise. That is amazing. Damn. Thank you. And you, you can't find that on the street. You've Literally. Got to, you've got to find that online. Because wow. I wanted to find a really good one. What's the best thing you have ever bought online? I don't know if anyone listening watched a show um, on Nickelodeon when we were younger. I was younger. It was called Keenan and Kel. I found a oil painting. There was There's a black female artist in North Carolina who did a massive oil painting of Keenan and Kel in the film Good Burger. Mm. And it's in my kitchen. Um and that is probably the thing online that people ask the most questions about. Mm. I literally could be talking about um, racism and war and people will go, yes, darling, we'll donate. But who the hell did that painting mm. in the back? And I, I, to me, it's the best thing because she's a black female living in North Carolina. And just the, the fizziness of waiting to see if this painting was going to clear customs. Because she was like, listen... I'll take your money. I paid through PayPal. No mm -hmm. one's told me to say that. And she was like, but I don't, she was like, I've never sent a painting so far. I've never had someone purchase something from me internationally. So I'm not quite sure if it's going to make it through customs. Mm -hmm. And it was like a very agonizing two week wait. And I just remember the sheer joy of unwrapping this painting and it hadn't been damaged. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, yes. What's the best gift you've ever given? Them two bloody kids. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Especially that Esme. She's very like, 
you're being terrible to the planet and how can I fix this? Oh. She's very like studious she? eight. And she's like, she likes, she, she loves to litter pick. She's very like, don't do that. You know, this is a better way of doing that. My son, he's about to turn four. Oh, we might have to do some apologies in 10 years time, guys. Let's wait and see. <laughs> but she, she will counteract that. And so, yeah, they're the biggest gift to their dad and to hopefully their community mm. yeah mine's gonna sound embarrassing now <laughs> I love creative gifts yeah and uh I so I like to do things like you know when you said the year of your birth yeah. I love to do that kind of thing so if my friend has a, a, a sort of round number birthday mm. I like to find things that they're passionate about from the year of their birth and make oh, them a little wow. bag or something like that off eBay and things yeah. like that. Um, and my husband has this podcast called Best Pick mm -hmm. where he and some movie buff friends uh, watched every single episode, watched every single Oscar-winning Best Picture film, but researched the year, watched other films during the year that people thought were, you know, yeah. in the running. Uh, and they have learned so much about cinema history and the whole podcast is available. It's amazing. Mm. And they are still doing now just, they've got through all the, the best yeah. pictures. They're still doing other sorts of movie uh, conversations. But while he was still doing the Oscars, I found a binder mm -hmm. from a year he hadn't done. It was like in the eighties, a year he hadn't done yet. It was gold yeah. like the Oscars and had the Oscar on the front. Yeah. And the binder was the producer's director's binder from the actual Oscar ceremony. So inside, it's all typed up because it's yeah. the 80s on an old-fashioned typewriter. And it says things like, in Biro, like um, Elton's limo arriving at nine and things like that. So funny. And seat fillers, they've got all the names of the people that, you know, if Jack Nicholson yeah. wants to go to the loo, <laughs> they can't have an empty space so someone has to sit in his seat. And next to their names, there's things like, never, ever hire again. <laughs> And you think, why? What did they do? And then someone else, really good. Get them next year. It's so funny. And like, you know, just little comments about celebrities and things in there. And so I found this at a at like an antiques vintage yeah. movie dealer in, a, in LA before Christmas. But I couldn't afford it. Yeah. But it was the pandemic. And I was like, this is going to be just the greatest present he's ever had. Mm. And he's really good at finding like... A movie I mentioned that I loved as a kid yeah. that you can't get anymore. And yeah. he's, years he's looking for this. Then he finds it, he puts it in my Christmas stocking. Uh, and I'm like, you know, might have only cost him 15 quid yeah. or five it's quid. It's the hunt though. It's, it's the, the hunt. hunt. It's that out of print books I've mentioned. Yeah. He finds them. So I was like, I've got to get this Oscar binder. So I said <laughs> to the guy, look, this is all I can afford. And I would never normally do this. Mm. I'm not good at haggling. But I was like, this is what I can afford. Take it or leave it. And he mm. was like, take it. <laughs> So I got it and uh, it was a huge hit. Women have worked really hard to get into a position where we're even allowed to earn money. So I don't want to not celebrate it. I find this terrible paradox it's all the time where I'm like, how dare I even discuss a nice thing? I know. And at the same time, but also I want to support like uh, individual women making and doing things. Mm -hmm. And that's been a great joy for me. There were two women that taught me to dance during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, who live locally, mm. they were dancers. Their living went away. Yeah. And so me getting out of bed every morning and learning dance on Zoom mm. was good because it got me out of bed. It got, you know, when we were, you know, frankly, there were no appointments. <laughs> uh, it made me move. Yeah. Um, and, and I learned a new skill. It mentally helped me so much. Mm -hmm. um, and because I didn't just lie in bed and get depressed, you know, like yeah. I 
in once I was up and in clothes and then had to have a shower and you yeah. know then I, my day was away so it saved me it honestly saved me candies I can't yeah. even tell you to be able to just go when they put their invoice in go great PayPal yes and I can just see their name I can put it over I don't need to do lots of typing yes and it really I know it sounds ridiculous but I have ADHD so mm. don't say it sounds ridiculous Deborah why are you undermining it yeah um I am neurodivergent mm-hmm. and that's something I only got diagnosed in the pandemic because it escalated at that point for me yeah. to have an app that makes it easy for me to pay a woman who lives nearby me mm-hmm. for something that she does very, very well. Yeah. It feels, it genuinely does feel like it helps my feminism. Totally. I think I checked my PayPal app yesterday and at the top, it's all women for small businesses. It's a friend who's living abroad who lost her job during the pandemic and it's me sending her money. And it just makes me feel good. This is another thing. I like earning lots of money because I then get to give money to other people. That's my biggest thing. Like giving other people imagining that I can make someone's day or week easier mm-hmm. with money it's just such a and it shouldn't turn me on but it's a, it's a big turn on I'm like <laughs> I've got that and my mates like she brought it up you know I gave her this money over a year ago and she bought it up the other day and she was like I'm so sorry I haven't paid you back I was like darling I forgot <laughs> I forgot all about that uh, my nan always taught me um don't lend if you can't lose mm. So if I've said to a friend, I can help you in this moment, whilst they may say, for whatever reason, they're going to pay me back. If I've said, it's gone, it's gone. You know, I'm not Mm. thinking about that. And seeing their names on my PayPal app, it gave me like the fuzzies. I was like, and that's why you get up at 4am some days. Because it's not just for the clothes and the bougie, you know? I feel exactly the same about that. It's like Mm. redistribution of wealth. And the great joy is to be able to redistribute that. And it feels not to me at all like charity or noblesse oblige. It it feels to me like justice. It's the greatest feeling in the world to be able to rightly and justly redistribute wealth Mm -hmm. because... Yeah, I work hard and I've tried hard and yada, 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 whatever, blah, blah, blah. Mm. I have, I have, I know, had in my life and have just because of the luck of the draw of where I was born. Exactly. I've got a starting place. And and to be able to redistribute some of that, mm. but I can see and feel when I can pay women to do things well, yeah, you know, yeah. my dance teachers, you know, other people in my life, yeah. other. I pay my therapist with PayPal. Mm, I pay my I therapist that. with PayPal. <laughs> yeah. And again, it just makes me feel really in control of that. And, and empowered. I, mm, um, I made my therapist get PayPal. <laughs> um, uh, she says I have control issues. She's wrong. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I feel empowered in in the giving and they feel empowered in the receiving because I think when women give other women money, there's just something special about it because I I perhaps understand more than anyone the way you've had to juggle your life or chop it up for you to to build this business or be in this position to receive this money. Like I get when a woman who has three kids and she's a stay-at-home mom has decided to start a business and actually you didn't start it for the money. Again, you started it for the moment, Mm. for the moment to feel like you were contributing something other than wiping someone's bum. So to be able to use something like PayPal to tell them not only thank you and you deserve to get paid, but I see you. Mm -hmm. You know when you want to give someone something you don't want to tell anyone about it? Like, you know, I want to 
give yes, there are people in my life that just sometimes I just want to send them 20 quid this is it and I don't want to say to Tom <laughs> I just want to quickly do it while I think of it yeah I once met a woman online we had a really great online friendship we still do and it turned out she was trying to flee a marriage full of domestic mm. abuse so we were able to raise money and send it via PayPal and it's the, like it, those things make me teary because it's it you know, it's the, it literally is a little thing and the difference between um, having a great moment and having a really shitty time. Mm. Do you know what? I got scammed once <laughs> by somebody who <laughs> told a story yeah. that turned out to be not true. And this person had told, it turned out I got contacted by someone saying, we've all been told a different story by this person and yeah. we all compared notes. And I, they told a sad story and... Listen, I, I, I can't imagine they enjoy living that way. Mm. There was a sort of talented Mr. Ripley element going on. Mm. And I imagine they've got issues. So I, this is not me. You know, it's just me saying I gave someone 600 quid in good faith yeah. because they told me that something very bad had happened to them. Mm. And I said to Tom, hey, I've, you know, yeah. I've given someone 600 quid that I don't think we're going to see again. And it turns out they were lying. And do you know what Tom said? He said, I hope we've learned nothing from this. Mm. I was so beautiful. I was like, I cried because he yeah. was like, he said, I hope some next time someone says, I really need help. You still do it. That we believe them. Mm -hmm. You know what? I just think how we spend our moments is mm. more important than how we spend our money. That is so beautiful. And I know if my daughter's listening, she'll agree. It's so funny. I've worked so hard. I hate to say it. I've worked so hard to make her life better. And she's like, I absolutely don't want these expensive trainers. Could you just come to the netball game? Mm. And I think, you know, thankfully I've got kids in my life who remind me about what you're saying because it's very true. I saw Shaparat Kosandi posting um, what her son, this is a couple of Christmases ago, what her son wanted. Mm. And he wanted like tickets to a football game yeah. and, you know, I don't know, a <laughs> new duvet cover or something. And then he said, um, uh, you to spend a whole day off your phone. Ah. Oh. And then right at the end, he said, at the list, he said, number three is the only one I really want. Oh my God. And she said, it was so moving. I cried when I saw it. And then she said, and I've come straight on my phone to post <laughs> this. <laughs> Uh, but you know this is the thing is yeah. there are only so many moments and mm. I am frightened that I'm spending two of them too many of them on my phone mm. staring at other people's photos or staring at their moments staring at their moments and staring at the moments that they usually online have paid money for mm. just to post online it's that wheel isn't it I look at my old moments online I'm looking at old Instagram photos <laughs> and old photos of myself they, they come up on my phone it's like do you remember this day three years ago yes when I wasn't looking at my phone what Literally, a great time when the picture's kind of grainy and it's got a terrible filter on it see that's another thing when you when you get more money you could lose thoughtfulness so don't do that as you get more zeros, remain thoughtful because those are, the, those are the gifts you always think about. I remember one time, I think my ninth birthday, uh, Space Jam had come out showing my age, don't care. And I got to the cinema with my dad and the cinema was stone cold empty. And I turned to my dad and I was like, this movie's just come out. Why is this? My dad had bought every seat in the cinema. 
What? He was like, I literally just want to experience this, just you and I. And that was my gift with like a really cheap cake from a supermarket. And I'm sitting here getting the fizzies again. That's literally like, you know, it could have been for that price, a really fancy, but or whatever. He was just like, I want you to remember this moment. Those are the best wow. things. Like. Candice, I don't mind telling you, all of this talk of money has got me a little tingly. I'd love to buy you a cocktail. <gasps> I'm down and then I'll get the next round. <laughs> I'm into it. Let's go. Let's, let's get out of here and spend just a little, not much, money. <laughs> Thank you, PayPal. With more ways to shop, pay, donate and send money, there are more ways to PayPal. A reminder that you must be over 18 to have a PayPal account to send and receive money. Foreign exchange rates may apply when sending money out of the UK. 